0: Welcome back to the New England Travel Journal podcast. I'm your host, Sam Dostler, and today we are excited to be joined by Karen B. Davis of Karen B. Davis Photography. We've been a fan of her for a long, long time. My mom has had her book, a Connecticut Christmas, for many years now, and uh, we're excited to have Karen on to talk about photography, to talk about another book she has it coming out in 2021, and uh, just a whole host of different things that... Karen is involved in. Karen, thanks for taking a few minutes to join the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Let's get some business out of the way first. Her website, karenbdavis.com, is where you can find a lot of her work. She does architectural uh, photography, travel photography, a little bit of everything. You can find her on Facebook, Karen B. Davis Photography, and also on Instagram at Karen B. Davis Travel. All right, Karen, first question, the holiday season is in full swing we're through thanksgiving christmas is quickly approaching and because of the time of year we can't begin a conversation without talking about your book at connecticut christmas how did that book begin and for those listening who may not have seen that book the book before tell us a little bit about it
1: okay so this is a, a coffee table book and it's about christmas traditions uh across the state of connecticut um And many, many years ago, I um, pitched a magazine, a story idea about Connecticut, uh, sorry, Christmas in the Connecticut River Valley, and Victoria Magazine picked it up and published it. And Ann Nyberg, who is a newscaster for Channel 8, had just finished a book about Catherine Hepburn with Glow Pequot Press and knew the editor there, Amy Lyons, was looking to produce a Christmas book. So I posted the article, you know, which was um, I didn't do the writing; I did the photography on Facebook, and Anne saw it, saw it, and she told Amy about it, and they commissioned me to do this beautiful book. Um, so that's kind of how it came about. What was your process for finding the
0: locations that were photographed for the book? I'm sure you knew of some of them. Did you discover any while you were going out and, and working on the book?
1: Yeah, you know, to me, part that. Part of the most exciting part, and and same with this new book I have coming out, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, because you you start out, you have some ideas. Like the obvious first shoot I did was of the Mystic uh, boat parade. It's a boat parade uh, in downtown Mystic, and all the boats are lit up, and the owners of the boats go crazy decorating the boats and all kinds of lights and Christmas garbs. And they have some people are dressed up on the boat and they're singing and dancing and it's a really cool event. So that I knew about. And so that was the first one I did. And a funny story is I knew the only way to get a shot was to be um, on the bridge, which is actually open at the time when the boats go by and I bribed the um bridge operator with uh some beer with I brought us a six pack of beer. <laughs> he let me stand there on the edge, getting these shots, which I never would have got without him uh helping me and um everybody I met in the course of this book, I'll just say as a side note was were extremely helpful uh even though it was the busiest time of the year but as I moved through different things, I did a lot of research and I looked up different festivals and celebrations. And of course, people told me things as I went to these places and said, Oh, you should go here or you should go there. Um, so that's kind of how it happened. And, you know, there are museums like the Mystic Seaport that have their lantern light tours and they decorate the boats and then. You know, the Boar's Head Festival, which happens after uh, Christmas actually ends, which is a beautiful production through the um, Asylum Hill Church. And just different homes getting decked out to the nines. And, you know, after a while, it's pretty easy because we celebrate Christmas big time in the state of Connecticut, which I had no idea. Yeah, it, it is a state where if you go around
0: and you you look, there's a lot of different activities that you find. Did you did you shoot this all during one Christmas season, or did it take a couple to to put the finished product together?
1: I I did it in two seasons, but they were really short because um, I I signed the contract in I think it was November of 2016, and so I only had six weeks. That year, and then the following year, two thousand and seventeen, because I think the book came out in two thousand and eighteen it might I might be a year off, but um that year I had a little bit more time, so I had two months for that. but in all, if you think about it, I really did do the book in three and a half months, but some days like the first first time I did it, I think I was having sometimes three shoots a day I went wow. to four, uh, i did Sixty-two shoots, I believe, in forty different towns.
0: We're talking with Karen B. Davis, a photographer. Uh, we're talking about her book, A Christmas, A Connecticut Christmas. Is there one image from that book that you, when you, maybe it's a couple different images that you sit back and think, "Wow, I
1: can't believe
0: I was able to get that shot
1: to capture that moment." Well, I think it would have to be, one of them would definitely have to be the cover because um, I was searching for a cover, and I really had no idea what what would make a cover that would say Christmas in Connecticut. And then I saw this scene. I, I went all over the state looking for, the, for a scene. And funny, it's very funny because um, I live near Essex. Connecticut, where this cover shot was taken. And of course, it was right in my own backyard. So one night I was walking around there and I went down to Middle Cove and the church was lit up and the Christmas trees were lit up and the boat, Valentine, had a um, Christmas tree on top of it. And I thought, oh, this is so perfect. But there wasn't any snow. The first year there was hardly any snow. And so I went back just after New Year's, and I was praying that everything would still be lit up, and it was. And I also, when I went back, I had the flu horribly, so I was standing there (laughs) breathing. So I really worked for this shot. Yeah, it's it's a
0: spectacular shot, and uh, it it certainly, I think, is one that really does capture the the essence of what this book is, is, the story that this book is telling about a Connecticut Christmas. If our listeners don't have the book, if they're interested in finding the book, where where can they go and look for it?
1: Well, um, right now I know the Griswold Inn, they have a store called Goods and Curiosities, and that's in Essex, Connecticut, and they're selling it. R.G. Julia Booksellers carries it. They have a store in Middletown and in uh, Madison, Newberry Place. I just learned they have a store in Southbury. They're selling it. And I think a lot of local stores do carry it, and even in downtown Mystic, there's a bookstore. So I would start there, and if not, of course, Amazon carries it. But of course, we want to try and support local as much as possible.
0: Yeah, for sure. And if and if you're a Connecticut resident listening to this, and love Christmas in Connecticut, or just someone from New England, or or wherever you're, you might be listening to this, it is a great book that really does capture the essence of. Of Christmas in Connecticut. It's called The Connecticut Christmas, and it was photographed by our guest on the Newman Travel Journal podcast today, Karen B. Davis. Karen, let's go back to the beginning of your photography career. How did you first uh, get into photography?
1: Well, I always wanted to be a photographer, um, but instead of studying for some strange reason in college, um, I just started taking classes that interest me, and by the time I was done, I had a degree in communications. And then I worked in television for 17 years as a producer, writer of documentaries, among other um, things, camera person, editor, et cetera. But I always wanted to be a photographer. So um, in 1999, I made a decision to change careers to photography. And I also, at that time, got a job working for a humanitarian organization doing video work. But I was able to – I traveled the world with this humanitarian organization. So on the weekends, I was able to take photographs of the places that I was visiting when I had time off and start building a portfolio. And then when I came back to the States, um, you know, the Internet was still just kind of starting. And I did a lot of research and taught myself the business end of photography and then took classes one-week workshops at, you know, Maine Photographic Workshops and Palm Beach Photographic Center to fill in the gaps of my learning. And then I just started taking pictures and making a portfolio. And it, that adage is really true. Take the pictures that you want to make because if you start out as a wedding photographer, people are going to think that's all that you do because that's all you're going to show. For me, I was lucky that I... I just loved architecture, so when I was traveling in the third world, I did take a lot of buildings, and then I traveled more, of course, when I came back to the States, but um, I started building a portfolio from that and started getting work, and then even with that, I wanted better clients and more interesting buildings and residents, so I would work on my portfolio shooting things that would help me get to that, which you still do today. And I've also now I do gardens as well, and um, I still do editorial. So there's a couple of different things I want to unpack there. Let's let's first start with
0: where your travels took you. You mentioned you got to travel the world. Uh, what, what corners of the world did uh, your photography uh, skills take you?
1: Well, I've been to Cuba, and I was lucky to be there in 1999, which was great, Uh, uh, you know, through this humanitarian organization as a guest of the government. Um, I did some Southeast Asia, um, a lot of islands. Uh, I did go to the Azores. A few years ago and I pitched the story to the New York Times so that got published photos and writing because I'm also a writer although I did not write a Connecticut Christmas Eric Lehman did and then um I was in Antarctica in January which was fantastic and there's a lot of photographs of that on my website um and I have two websites I also have the Karen B Davis travel website which you'll See more of my travel work, and Karen B. Davis. You'll see more of my architecture and design. But I'm um, I, I just trying to think. I've been to about fifty countries, but you know, I, I oh, and New Zealand as well. But uh, and oh, England. That's,
0: that's one. That's New Zealand is one that certainly is very awe-inspiring to me. Just looking at it from a distance, at the photos it's, that you see of it.
1: It's a beautiful place, and the people are equally beautiful in their. Um, Hospitality, very friendly. So um, those are some of the places that I've been to, or just some of my current favorites, I should say. <laughs> so if
0: uh, if someone were to ask you to tell, I don't know if it's possible, but a story that a unique story from those travels that pops to mind as an example of what you experienced while you've been traveling the globe is what, what would you tell them?
1: Um, I can only think of can't think of anything too humanitarian related at the moment, but I can tell you some strange stories. Um, The way that I wound up going to New Zealand was I answered an ad in the back of Wooden Boat Magazine when I was working at the seaport that said, looking for brave souls to sail around the world. And I thought, oh, that's me. So I flew there to meet the boat and Went sailing for a while, but the uh, and I was going to trade room and board for a promotional video because the owner of the boat was selling different legs of the trip to fund it. But he reneged on our deal, so I got off at the first island we came to, which happened to be Norfolk Island in the South Pacific. It's between Australia and New Zealand, and it's home to the Bounty Mutineer descendants. So I wound up staying there for three months and shooting a documentary. So that's that's yeah. one story, but. Anybody who travels knows you just meet the most amazing people and have the most amazing experiences, and you're always thinking, "Wow, you just can't believe it." Um, what happens? It's so for me, every everything is so synchronistic and just kind of falls into place. We're talking with photographer Karen B. Davis. Uh, you,
0: you've touched on it a little bit you do a a wide range of photography we've talked about the travel we've talked about the the images in Connecticut so you do landscape commercial architecture residential architecture boats lighthouses what different challenge to you does each style of photography present
1: well you know what it I don't even people may other photographers may say this isn't true but um I'm not so sure it's about the subject as much as it is about the situation because every situation is different in terms of um, challenges and lighting. So, you know, architecture there's, there's, it has a whole different set of challenges than perhaps if you're photographing a person or if you're on location shooting um for for a travel magazine where you can hopefully take advantage of natural light. And then with architecture, of course, in some some ways it's a little easier for me because the subject matter isn't moving. And then with boats, you always have to shoot at a high shutter speed and really keep the camera steady because you're moving pretty fast. And the chase boat and the boat next to you is usually either sailing really fast or motoring really fast. Um, but that, that I've done for so long, I'm quite comfortable with it. Um, and that came in handy when shooting for my new book, which is, uh, Connecticut waters. It's a celebration of our coastline and waterways. Um, and they're all, so I would just say that every circumstance is different, but it's really because of the lighting. The lighting is so important and that will drive you to make the choices that you have to make, the technical choices, and perhaps even the aesthetic at times. Bringing it
0: back to architectural photography a little bit, uh, I noticed the theme and some of the feature writing on your website, Karen B. uh, Davis.com. You can also find Karen on Facebook, Karen B. Davis Photography, on Instagram, at Karen B. Davis Travel, the travel photography website and correct me if i get this wrong karen is karenbdavistravel.com. davis com. all right um, but what i but what i found is that you have a number of articles written about colonial aged homes in Connecticut you wrote a number of number of articles for old house journal uh, that i found particularly interesting as a someone who's a a big fan of revolutionary war colonial era Connecticut history uh, you wrote about a seventeen fifty five home in Old Lyme an inn in Woodstock, and also a colonial Christmas at the Phelps Hathaway House in Suffield, Connecticut. What is it for you about old colonial homes that really draws you in and captures your attention?
1: Well, I think it's the same reason why I love New England because it's old and um, I love history and I love antique buildings and well, although I'm truthfully getting an appreciation now for modern buildings, I I love the woodwork and of antique buildings, and I love the time and attention that the craftsmen put into every single detail. And I don't think you see a lot of that today. So I'm still intrigued by that, and I just I, mostly I think it's because I love history and you just feel such a sense of place here. You know when you look at New England houses, you know that that you're in New England as opposed to any other part of the world. So those houses are unique to us. And I think that's why I love them. Yeah, there is
0: something that just speaks of those houses and it? it really does bring you back to for lack of a better way to put it the beginning. You can it's rare to be able to touch the beginning history of an area and that's what those homes do and it's a a very unique thing here in New England All right, so whenever we have a photographer on as a guest we like to to ask for a tip or two and we started this conversation off by talking about a Connecticut Christmas and uh, many of those photos were taken at night and I know and this is myself included a lot of Connecticut or a lot of photographers have a little bit more trouble taking pictures in the dark. What sort Mm -hmm. of advice would you tell any amateur photographer? uh, What sort of advice would you give an amateur photographer who wants to go out and get a good nighttime shot?
1: Well, take a tripod because it's essential. Um, And everything I did in this book was pretty much on the tripod. Um, And I didn't have time to light anything, including the interiors, because I was on such a crazy schedule so everything was done with a tripod and with a cable release so that I could, you know, push the shutter button and have no shake. So I did shoot, I think, three or four of those drive-through light festivals. And they do present a challenge because it's hard to get your focus. So what I did was I would get out of manual focus. I would just focus. I'm sorry, I would get out of automatic focus and I would focus manually on the lights um, because if I was to put it on auto, the lens, the focusing, it, w- it would keep looking for it because it would, it, it would be very hard for it to find it in the dark. So that's how I did it. Long exposure. You can instantly see if you need to make your exposure longer or not. Um, and that's pretty much what happened with those. And then with the other shots, a lot of the interiors, I would do multiple exposures, and I would composite them in Photoshop and do sort of like a light painting technique where I would take different parts of the scene that were brighter or darker and and hand – well, not hand paint them, but uh, use the brush tool to select which bits I wanted that way um, to make one image. So obviously this year it's people are looking for things to do and there's a lot of
0: photographers in Connecticut and New England if there's a local photographer who's looking to go somewhere to take a fun Christmas photo to test their hand at it what's a spot that you would recommend for them
1: Well I you know I haven't been wandering around but um I'd love the New Haven green but see that that's because it had this huge Christmas tree, and then it had the architecture and buildings in the background, which were lit up just from interior light. So that, I thought, always looked kind of cool. I'm trying to think, hopefully in Ivoryton, and I'm not sure again if they're doing this this year, but they have the illuminations. And even though I went to some of these very large light festivals, the ones You know, the drive through ones, there was one in Hartford and New Haven and Hubbard Park and Meriden. I loved that one in Ivoryton because it was small, but it was compact. And the, the decorations there were beautiful. So people might be able to go there if they're doing it this year. I suspect they're not going to because they don't want to attract the crowds. But the other thing is you can just drive around your neighborhood because there are people that like to go Christmas crazy, as I call it, and they they put up great decorations. Yeah, for sure, and I feel like this
0: year uh, people are going a little bit more Christmas crazy with uh, less things to do. All right, Karen, I'm going to get you out on this one, and you mentioned it a couple of times. You have a new book coming out in 2021 called Connecticut Waters. Uh, Explain to us what that book is and when it does hit the shelves, where we might be able to look for
1: it. Well, this book um, is close to my heart because I love boats, <laughs> and as I mentioned in the past, I went was sailing on them, and I went. Uh, I used to work at Mystic Seaport, but this boat is a tribute to our maritime roots, both past and present. And again, it's exploring the way that we use our lakes and rivers and sounds and shores, basically for industry, recreation, and education. So. We have boat builders in there. We have antique vessels. We've got the fishing industry, the the oyster boats, the historic ferries. We have people who are nautical artists and you know knot makers, lighthouses, and islands, maritime festivals and celebrations, charter boats, uh, ways for people to get out on the water, um, and basically how all these things. Oh, and maritime education as well, because the Amistad's in there, um, among other boats, and basically how our waterways have defined our culture and shaped our heritage as a state. Because in Connecticut, we have water, water everywhere, and it's great. Yeah, it
0: certainly sounds fascinating. I know it's someone who grew up as a, a longtime member of Mystic Seaport and going on the various ships that they they have there, the old whaling ships, the Sabaro, uh mm-hmm. and understanding the importance of the waterways to Connecticut. I think it's going to be really a fascinating way to capture it all. And I, I don't think people necessarily, and this is also speaking from what I was just thinking while you were describing the book, people might think of it more as, okay, I'm on my recreational boat now, but they might not think of how many different ways the water does
1: affect Mm -hmm.
0: the state of Connecticut. They might might think of it as the one way they use the water, but not the way that everybody combined uh, benefits from it. Right. Yeah. So I I think that'll be fascinating.
1: I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) And that'll be coming out, uh, remind people one again? In spring of 2021, and – I'll be doing some hopefully if COVID is done and hopefully it will be um I'll be doing some book signings at different local bookshops. I don't know yet what those will be and of course again it's a, will be available on Amazon and is now for pre-order.
0: That's great. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation, Karen B Davis. We uh, appreciate you taking the time to chat with us here on the new England travel journal podcast she has one book out already a connecticut christmas you can find that in various locations around connecticut also on amazon and then if you like that book or if you want to check out some of her work upcoming connecticut waters in spring of 2021 uh karen this has been fantastic thanks for taking a few minutes to join us
1: thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it and happy holidays
0: Happy holidays to you, too. Karen B. Davis, you can find her at karenbdavis.com, karenbdavistravel.com. Also on Facebook, Karen B. Davis Photography, and on Instagram at Karen B. Davis Travel. This has been the New England Travel Journal Podcast. I've been your host, Sam Dostler. As always, thanks so much for listening.